0: The past will often attack the present with the pain of your memories. Sichi Kerma. Violin Vice contains graphic and explicit content which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Violent Vice. My name is Audie Griffith.
1: And I'm John John.
0: Hi. Hello. If you guys can do us a favor, give us five stars, write a review on Apple Podcasts, the purple icon, or anywhere that you guys listen, that would be great. You can say whatever you want. You can say I like butterflies or I like toast, but please write a <laughs> v- review that helps us out a lot.
1: Just just brought a whole bunch of nostalgic memories back to my mind with that toast thing.
0: I like toast. <laughs> Anywho, are you guys ready to get on today's topic? Yes. Awesome. Because today I'm covering haunted dolls, specifically Robert the Doll and Annabelle.
1: Oh, no.
0: I get to torment John, John.
1: No. <laughs> I thought, no. <laughs> last one was just unsettling and then the scary stories that tormented me for a full week aughty a full week and now you're bringing dolls into this
0: yep yeah so nowhere is safe i will get back to true rhyme stories after this week i just was on a kick and john john has been told many spooky stories lately so i figured i'd continue You're enjoying this too much. I am. I really, really am.
1: I'm going to die.
0: You're fine. It's fine. Everything is fine. No, it's not. It's all good. Okay. Alright, so getting into it. Before Robert the Doll became a spooky legend, he was little Gene Otto's best friend. Robert was given to Gene by his grandfather after he came back from a trip in Germany. Young Otto was so enamored with the doll that he named it after himself and clothed it in his very own clothes. He carried it around with him wherever he went. Despite Robert the doll's awkwardly large size, the two went on to build an impenetrable friendship. The doll became a constant companion of Robert. He took the doll everywhere, from family gatherings to parks, and, like I said before, he named the doll after himself.
1: So were they they the same size if they had the same clothes?
0: Yeah, he got him when he was fairly small, like around the age of five to like seven. Oh, so oh. this is one of those larger dolls, and there'll, there'll be pictures on the blog. And the blog is fixed, everybody. Yay! Yay! So mm. if you can imagine, like the overly large sized dolls that were stuffed in like cotton and whatnot, this is what uh, Robert the doll looks like.
1: So, like, the same size as, like, a ventriloquist dummy-type size.
0: Yep. A little little bigger, I think, from the oh, pictures. Oh, that's unsettling. Yeah. Okay. Yep.
1: Uh, I don't want you to continue, but go ahead.
0: Also, kind of side note, I had a doll growing up when I was, like, two or three that I named Audie Doll. I wasn't very original, but I did carry that thing around with me everywhere, too. <laughs> But
1: at least you called it doll, and that that helped, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true.
1: It wasn't a name, it was a label.
0: It was a label. (laughs) Anywho, the doll became a constant companion to Robert. He took the doll everywhere, from family gatherings to parks, and he named it after himself. The family started to call the boy by his middle name, Gene, since Robert was now the doll's name. Otto loved his doll so much that he built a special room for him in the attic, complete with furniture, toys, and even a teddy bear just for Robert the doll. But things started to take a strange turn when the family started to hear Gene talk to Robert late at night. They could hear the doll speak back in a croaky tone. Was it Gene who was mimicking the voice? Was it the imagination of the Ottos? No one really knew. Strange things started to happen in the residence, however. Plates and lamps would often fall and break. Things would disappear and reappear. Whenever Gene was confronted about any of this mishap, he would bluntly blame Robert, saying, Robert did it.
1: That's not a good sign.
0: No, not... That is
1: not a good sign. And, so, he had a doll, and his doll had a teddy. So... This is like layers upon layers of problems I see in this entire setup.
0: Yep, so Robert had his own voice. They Uh, talked late at night. uh, Stuff would happen, like disappearances, uh, reappearances, and stuff would break.
1: You're being mean.
0: I know. It's all good. (laughs) Otto's parents would wake up in the middle of the night only to hear the poor boy screaming... Surrounded by overturned furniture. As Otto grew older, things got even weirder. Mutilated toys started appearing in their home. But young Otto would say Robert did it. When Robert, Gene Otto, grew up, after studying in the Academy of Fine Arts in Chicago and the Art Students League in New York, Gene Otto went to the Paris and Sorbonne? S-O-B-O-N-N-E where he met his wife, Anne. Gene, now a married man, still had his affection for the doll, Robert, and this didn't seem to diminish over time. Otto brought the doll back to his childhood home at 534 Eaton Street in Key West, Florida, and he called the home the Artist house. Today, the Victorian home is a haunted bread and breakfast. He made arrangements for the doll in the topmost section of the house in the attic. His wife, Anne, disliked the doll and felt very uncomfortable in its presence. On Anne's reoccurring request, he locked the doll in the attic. Later that day, Jean found the doll sitting on a chair in the same room he had made for him. He locked Robert a couple of times just to find him reappearing on his rocking chair by the window in his room. The neighborhood children even reported Robert mocking them from the window.
1: Eh, eh, eh. Eh. And in Florida.
0: Yep. So you can tell Robert probably got pissed off by being locked in the attic. Y- yeah. Yeah.
1: But. Eh.
0: If I was Anne and this shit was happen- happening to me, I'd be like, we need to get rid of that doll.
1: Burn it with fire.
0: Something like that. But thankfully, it's not happening to us, and we never met Robert, who I'm sure is a fine doll where he is, but yeah. No. So, as Robert was no longer being carried around by Otto, Robert the doll took up permanent position in a chair that faced out of an upstairs window, where he could be seen by passerbys below. Once, a plumber, who had been hired to make repairs around Otto's home, claimed to hear children's laughter, though Jean was not at home at the time with any of his kids when he looked around the room he noticed robert the doll had moved from one side of the window to the other seemingly on his own what's more interesting is the plumber swore that objects that had been in robert's lap ended up on the other side of the room as if he'd thrown them though the placement was a playful one people who passed soon avoided walking near the house altogether Locals swore that the doll would disappear and then reappear facing another direction, or that his gaze would follow them as it passed. Visitors of the artisan house also claimed that they could hear footsteps coming from the attic, and that things would seem to move about the home on their own, with no explanation at all. And this is a bed
1: and breakfast?
0: Now it is. Oh. It was Otto's home during this time. Okay. Yep.
1: Uh, with the, it, how did it throw? It has no muscles.
0: It's It's not lying old. to everyone. It's not alive. It's a so doll. Exactly. Yeah. How? Yeah.
1: Hmm. hmm. It's cheating.
0: It is cheating.
1: I don't like it.
0: Yeah. Continue. Maybe. Yeah. So. (laughs) Are you going to be okay?
1: No. And you know this. (laughs) And you are enjoying it. It's fine. No.
0: (laughs) After Otto died in 1974. A woman named Myrtle Ruder purchased the artisan house, which meant Robert the doll had a brand new caretaker. Ruder lived with Robert for about 20 years. At the time of the purchase of the house, they had a 10-year-old daughter who found Robert in the attic and was soon very attached to it. But soon the doll became a nightmare for her too. The girl reported that the doll moved about in the family room. At night, the family would be awakened by shrieks of the girl who claimed that the doll had tried to hurt her. Even visitors would hear evil laughter and pacing footsteps in the attic. Ruder had taken him with her when she moved to a new home in the 1980s. Finally, though, she donated the creepy toy to Fort East Martello Museum, claiming that the doll was indeed haunted. The museum took and accepted the doll and its baggage, assuming that Ruder's claims were, of course, nonsense. But almost immediately, numerous visitors were lining up to see Robert the doll. Even stranger, letters addressed to Robert began arriving in the museum's mailbox.
1: Wait, 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 wait.
0: They had fan mail? People would write to Robert. Why? You'll see here in a minute. No! Yeah. So he gets probably one to three letters a day, says... Convertito, I'm assuming one of the people that runs the museum. These letters, however, aren't what you call typical fan letters. Oftentimes, they're littered with apologies for failing to respect Robert during their visit. Some visitors write to ask for advice or to ask if they could place or to ask if Robert could place a curse on people who have wronged him. Since his arrival, Robert has received nearly a thousand letters but that's not all that Robert receives. Visitors have also been known to leave candy, money, and sometimes even joints. It's completely Mm. inappropriate, says Convertito. We are still a museum. Who would have thought that a doll could have so much power, though? Even after 117 years, Robert still seems to be as sharp as ever. To this day, visitors claim that the cameras malfunction in his presence, and electronic devices go haywire.
1: And that, uh...
0: that is basically Robert the doll. There's also a movie on him, which I haven't gotten the chance to see yet. and
1: I am never going to watch that movie.
0: And also, like, if you do go to the museum, like, you're supposed to say hello, Robert, and goodbye, Robert, and be very respectful in his presence because otherwise bad stuff can start happening to you.
1: So if people don't do it, then suddenly they're cursed and they have to write apology letters, not fan letters to this thing?
0: Basically, that's my understanding. What? Yeah. Get rid
1: of it! Destroy it! Exorcise the demons! Yeah. <sighs> no, we're never going there.
0: <laughs>
1: we're never going there.
0: But John, John Promise it, me. It could be so much fun.
1: It could be the death of me.
0: Oh, you just got to be respectful. That's all.
1: I'm too skeptical slash terrified to do that.
0: Okay, well, if I go, I, I won't bring you. How about that?
1: Yeah, curse Matt.
0: <laughs> Matt won't probably go either.
1: Cause he's smart.
0: <laughs> he is, I mean, he's an engineer, but.
1: So are you with that. Mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm.
0: But I like scary nope. stories. So this is all fun for me. I've noticed. Yeah. Are you ready mm. for the next one though? There's more. There's another doll that we we have to cover.
1: <sighs> okay, quick quick synopsis, better or worse? I need to prepare myself.
0: This one is technically worse, but it's more or I mean it's less cooperated, I guess. It's not as widely accepted. And it mostly comes just from one source.
1: So, more terrifying but less popular.
0: Actually, more popular than Robert the Doll. It's just not as proven as Robert the Doll. Uh,
1: hmm. Okay. And okay. this
0: will sound familiar to you and probably a lot of other people. do oh, no. But the... Really, the only source for this that can be corroborated is from the Warrens. Hmm. So this is basically where the whole story comes from.
1: Okay, my heart's a little bit racy right now. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's get into it.
1: I'm terrified.
0: She sits in a glass case bearing a hand-carved inscription of the Lord's Prayer, a complacent-stitched smile resting under her red-yarn-dyed hair. But beneath her case is a postcard-sized white sign which reads, Warning, positively do not open. To the uninformed, she looks like any other oversized Raggedy Ann doll produced in the early 20th century, but Annabelle Doll is anything but. Though she doesn't have the same porcelain skin and lifelike features of her cinematic counterpart, the Annabelle Doll lives in Ed and Lorraine Warren's home and occult museum, is, if anything, made all the more creepy by her ordin- ordinariness. Annabelle the Doll's stitched features, including her half smile and bright orange triangular nose, invoked memories of childhood toys in simpler times if you were to ask ed and lorraine warren though you can't now as ed died in 2006 and lorraine died in early 2019 they would tell you that with stark warnings scrawled across annabelle's glass case are way more than necessary according to the two famed demonologist couple The doll is responsible for two near-death experiences, one fatal accident, and a string of demonic activities spanning almost 30 years. (sighs) So it looks like a Raggedy Ann doll. It is a Raggedy Ann doll.
1: Eh, Okay. And it's credited with a death and near-deaths?
0: So, it's credited with two near-death experiences, one a fatal accident, and a string of demonic activities. It's
1: not an accident if it's credited to something.
0: I mean, but you can't prove it. True. As much as I love creepy stories, I do have to back stuff, or try to back stuff with scientific fact. And even though that most of these can't be credited or corroborated amongst a group of people i still like hearing about them because they're creepy Eh,
1: i'll try
0: yes so like even though i'm more skeptical or whatnot it's still fun reading and learning about these items so that's why i'm doing the podcast and it's our podcast so everybody else just gets to listen you're welcome
1: You love to torture me.
0: It's fine. It's not torture. You can always turn it off.
1: (laughs) Lies.
0: It's for the sake of entertainment. You're okay.
1: For entertainment. Okay. I can do that. Maybe. I... 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 uh, Uh... Continue
0: so the first of these infamous hauntings can allegedly be traced back to 1968 when annabelle was brand new the story was told to the warrens by two young women and was retold years later by the warrens themselves as the story goes the annabelle doll had been a gift to a young nurse named donna or Deidre, dre depending on the source from her mother for her 28th birthday Donna was apparently thrilled with the gift and brought it back to her apartment that she shared with another young nurse named Angie. At first, the doll was an adorable accessory, sitting on a sofa in the living room and greeting visitors with her colorful facade. But before long, the two women began to notice that Annabelle seemed to move about the room on her own accord. Donna would leave her in the living room sofa before leaving for work, only to come home in the afternoon and find her in the bedroom with the door shut. The roommates would also often find notes left throughout the home reading Help Me. According to the women, the notes were written on parchment paper, which the girls did not keep in the home. Furthermore, Angie's boyfriend, known only as Lou, was in the apartment one afternoon while Donna was out, and heard rustling in her room as if someone had broken in. Upon inspection, he found no sign of forced entry, but found the Annabelle doll lying face down on the ground. Suddenly, he felt a searing pain on his chest and looked down to find a bloody claw mark running across it. What? Yep. Oh. Ah. Two days later, the they had vanished without a trace. The, the, the claw marks
1: or the people? The
0: claw marks.
1: Okay. Fo- mm.
0: Following Lou's traumatic experience, the women invited a medium over to help solve their seemingly spiritual problem. The medium held a seance and told the woman that the doll was inhabited by the spirit of a deceased child named Annabelle, whose body had been found years earlier on the site where the, their apartment building had been built. The medium claimed that the spirit was benevolent and simply wanted to be loved and cared for. The two young nurses reportedly felt bad for the spirit and consented to allow her to take up permanent residence in that doll. Never consent to anything by a spirit, guys. Mm. Just don't.
1: Uh, it's tricky.
0: As far as the warrants were concerned, that was where the young nurses' troubles started. The Warrens believed that there was actually a demonic force in search of a human host within Annabelle, and not a benevolent force. The Warrens' account of the case states, Spirits do not possess inanimate objects like houses or toys. They possess people. An inhuman spirit can attach itself to a place or an object, and that is what occurred in the Annabelle case. This spirit manipulated the doll and created the illusion of being alive in order to get recognition truly the spirit was not looking to stay attached to the doll to the doll it was looking to possess a human host be that as it may the young nurses were yet unaware of the demons intentions in an attempt to rid their home of the Annabelle doll spirit they called an Episcopal priest known as father Hagen Hagen contacted his superior a father cook who alerted the warrants immediately though warrants warrens alleged to know what was happening they noted all the signs of demonic possessions including teleportation the doll moving on its own materialization the parchment paper notes and the mark of the beast clawed chess the warrens were subsequently ordered an exorcism of the apartment to be performed by father cook then they took annabelle out of the apartment into her final re- resting place in the occult museum in the hopes that her demonic reign would finally end They would later claim they were wrong. Following her removal from Donna and Angie's apartment, the Warrens noted several other paranormal experiences involving the doll, the first just ten minutes after they took possession of her. After the exorcism of the nurse's apartment, the Warrens buckled Annabelle into the backseat of their car and vowed not to take the highway in case she still had some kind of power over them. However, even the safer back roads proved too risky for the couple. On their way home, Lorraine claimed that the brakes either stalled or failed several times, resulting in a near-disastrous crash or crashes. The Warrens claimed that as soon as Ed pulled holy water from his bag and doused the doll in it, the problem, the brakes, would disappear. Upon arriving home, Ed and Lorraine placed the doll in Ed's study. There, they reported that the doll levitated and moved about the house. Even when placed in the lock office in the outer building, the Warrens claimed that she would turn up later inside the house. Finally, the Warrens decided to lock Annabelle up for good.
1: Well, I mean, it levitated, moved, was just everywhere, and pretty much spiritually cut their brake lines. Why do they still have this?
0: Because they took responsibility for it after removing it from the nurse's apartment.
1: <sighs> That's not smart just not smart burn it send it back to hell
0: well what the warrens did ended up working the warrens had a specially made glass and wooden case constructed upon which they inscribed the lord's prayer and michael's prayer for the rest of his life ed would periodically say a binding prayer over the case ensuring that the sinister spirit and the doll remained good and trapped Since being locked up, Annabelle the doll hasn't moved again, though it's alleged that her spirit has found ways to reach out to the earthly plane. Once, a priest who was visiting the Warren's museum picked up Annabelle and discounted her demonic abilities. Ed warned the priest about mocking Annabelle's demons, but the young priest laughed him off. On his way home, the priest was involved in a near-fatal crash that totaled his new car. He had claimed to have seen Annabelle in his rear view mirror just before the accident. Years later, another visitor rapped on the glass of Annabelle the doll's case and laughed about how silly people were to believe in her. On his way home, he reportedly lost control of his motorcycle and crashed headlong into a tree. He was killed instantly, and his girlfriend just barely survived. She claimed that at the time of the accident, the couple had been laughing about Annabelle the doll. Over the years, the Warrens continued to recount these tales as proof of Annabelle the Doll's horrific powers, though none of these stories could be corroborated. Though Ed and Lorraine have both died, their legacy has been carried on by their daughter, Judy, and her husband, Tony, Sapira. Until his death in 2006, Ed Warren considered Sapira his demonology protege and entrusted him with continuing his work, which included caring for his occult artifacts. Those artifacts include Annabelle the doll and her protective case, a task Sparrow doesn't take lightly. Echoing the warnings of his predecessors, Spera cautions visitors to the Warrens and Home Occult Museum of Annabelle's powers. And that is all my notes on Annabelle the doll, but I do want to talk about the movies really quick.
1: What are the movies?
0: So, one movie is... The nurses at their home and going all through uh, their experiences. And of course, it's been dramatized a lot more. Mm-hmm. And then there's a couple others. So the two Annabelle movies are called Annabelle Creation and then Annabelle Comes Home. One of them that does have the nurses in it is based on the story. The other one was just written about some of the types of possessions Annabelle has done, but that was mostly completely dramatized.
1: So one kind of based its story more on the accounts of that, and the other one was more of making a coherent horror movie based on what it could
0: do? Yeah, basically. Okay. Yep. So those were the two movies, and then there's a ton of Ed and Lorraine interviews throughout their history with the doll talking about it. You can go like tour the museum and actually see Annabelle in the case, and it, the uh, doll does get blessed every day by a priest too.
1: Hmm.
0: Especially since Ed had died.
1: Yeah. Well, is it better to just, you know, burn it, free up some other people's day?
0: Well, I know we haven't really gotten into it, but a lot of, like, demon, just according to lore, a lot of demon facts and, like, demon-possessed stuff can't really be burned, or if you do burn it, it just makes it a hundred times worse. So it's not always the best idea. Basically to lock it, bless it, and like have the Lord's Prayer on it to kind of just seal it in is usually better. And again, that's all like lore based.
1: So put it in an old trunk, somebody bless a lake, and you just let it go to the bottom. So now it's submerged in holy water.
0: You bless like the trunk, like you write the trunk, like you write prayers on the trunk. Blind it, and then bless it, yeah. Because you still have to bless it, like, continuously.
1: But that's so much work. Yeah. Why not just destroy it?
0: Because it'll just reappear. Depends on the legend, but that's usually what happens.
1: Hmm. There should be a nice way to take care of that. Yeah. That's just inconvenient.
0: No, it is. It is. You're right.
1: Hmm. Not how i do it, obviously, but... If they can't figure out a different way, I guess that'll work.
0: Yeah. So, basically, to recap, if you ever go see Robert the Doll, pay him his respect, say hello and goodbye. You gotta remember to say goodbye, too. And, I mean, obviously don't touch a demonic object, because that's just bad idea and then with annabelle you don't want to touch the case you don't want to taunt her you want to just basically leave her alone if you watch any of the interviews with ed and lorraine like lorraine doesn't even like looking at the doll which is really creepy mm. Mm. yeah so john john which one do you think is spookier or the worst
1: uh, the worst, I think you were right, in that Annabelle's probably the worst, but the spookier one's Robert. It, I mean, it moved, stayed did a whole bunch of other things. Most people could see it in the window, and then it moved in the window when nobody's home.
0: I agree with you, just a uh, creepy factor, because Morgan, People corroborated Robert's story. Yeah. But with Annabelle, more people died or nearly died. So.
1: Like Robert was more consistent, and. Freaky, where Annabelle was extreme and infrequent.
0: Yeah, but the still the notes with the help me and, all that and the claw marks with the one boyfriend like that was. Extreme. Yeah. So, yeah,
1: I wonder why the claw marks appeared and then disappeared. That would probably freak me out a lot more than anything else.
0: True. True. It's true, just true. like I've
1: got these massive scratches on me and then they just vanish. Uh, and that would be a pretty big indicator that it wasn't a child.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Plus... I mean, I
1: I know some kids have some sharp nails, but... I don't know if they'd be able to do that.
0: Plus, demons typically, according to lore, will, like, try to trick you and, like, make you think that they're, like, a child spirit or, like, a woman spirit that needs help. They, like, play to your weaknesses and... Or, like, a loved one or even an elderly person that... You know just wants to communicate and try to get you to consent to opening up and you don't want to do that
1: mm. I mean if there's any sort of spirit activity I kind of see that as and a, a reason to not be there and just go away yeah forever burn it just burn it
0: yep well if that just about does it for our discussion do you have anything else john john
1: don't get me a doll for christmas i know you've been thinking about it just don't do it
0: i kind of want to just for sh- shits I, and giggles
1: i know you do but i would just i would burn the doll within the day
0: Oh, probably, for sure.
1: Because you would tell me some sort of creepy connection story about what this one possibly did, and you got it at, like, a garage sale, and they couldn't get rid of it fast enough, and then I'd be paranoid, I'd burn it, and then throw it in a lake.
0: (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, luckily, I mean, for you, there's enough lakes nearby. Yes, there is. But imagine if it reappeared. That would be spooky.
1: Well... You wouldn't be getting any presents for me after that point, cause I'd be dead.
0: Oh, I wouldn't. But luckily, thankfully enough, we do the sibling drawing name for our family. So, I mean, you have a. So way. you might
1: go one or two years getting presents, and then suddenly nothing, because I'm already dead.
0: You're not gonna die, John. John. You can't prove that. You're fine. You're just you gave a little me the little cursed
1: doll. You would give me the cursed doll and then
0: I would be dead. I wouldn't give you a cursed doll. I might just give you a doll. But it won't be a cursed one.
1: That's not how you will say it then. <laughs> I will believe you.
0: You'll be fine. There is also I, um... so I I do wanna do this story. I kind of forget who it is just offhand but there's a twitter user who like documented his case of being haunted and everything and i want to tell this story through his perspective but i'm working on that as well but i got to do a couple true crime stories before i do that as well so if you guys have any suggestions or you know who it is offhand feel free to email us at violentvice at gmail.com because i'd love to hear from you guys and if you have any more spooky doll stories too don't give
1: her more ideas
0: It would be great. And I'd love hearing it. And we might even do, like, more haunted doll stories uh, as a Patreon bonus content as well. You're a terrible person. You like it. It's fine. Oh, I'm going to die. John John, stop. (laughs) Anyways, do you Mm. want to take us out, John John?
1: Well... If you liked that session of torture for me, give us five stars and subscribe to us and so you can hear more traumatizing experiences happening to me. Maybe you'll get traumatized. We'll have so much in common. If you have more suggestions, like Audie said, leave us an email at violinvice at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page that's a Violin Vice which you can like and post. And we usually have each episode updated there. Every time we put something out, we also have an Instagram.com. That's violin vice podcast.
0: As well as Facebook has podcasts too. And also slide into our DM DMs as well.
1: I don't have Twitter, so I don't understand what that means completely, but yeah, give it a shot. We'll see what happens. So that's at just violin vice, no ampersand, just a-N-D. and if you want to hear more torturing stories to me, you could support us on patreon.com slash advice, where we have more terrible stories.
0: Spooky stories. Spooky. Not terrible. Just spooky. <laughs> uh,
1: perspective, Audie. Perspective. I'm terrified by those.
0: Anywho, we'll see you guys next week for less spooky stories and more uh, un- true. Unless crime. I die. You'll be fine. Meh. And it'll fine. be more lore and true crime based for a bit. Okay. We'll give John John a little break.
1: I need it.
0: <laughs> All right. See you guys next week.
1: Bye.
0: Bye. Thank you for listening to Violin Vice. Cover art is by Audie Griffith. Music by Annabelle Rivack. If you want to help support the show, please visit patreon.com slash or give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to. This helps us move up the charts and also helps keep the spooky stories coming. Thank you. just wanted to give you guys an update on our website. Podbean did fix the issue, so now we are able to edit our blog and continue putting our sources, some pictures and everything. So while we catch back up on editing that, it will be updated now. And if any future problems like this arise again, if you follow our social media handles, you guys should be the first to know. We appreciate your patience and hope you guys enjoy listening. Thanks.